we're here, the very last day of 2019 and the last day of the decade. How has your decade been? First of all, I want to thank you for being a listener to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. And as we wrap up 2019, I'm bringing you in episode 125 today, a replay again of one of my favorite episodes of 2019. And I've chosen this episode to bring back to you here because this episode out of all of the episodes in 2019, I've got the most feedback from you guys, the listeners. So I'm really excited to share this one with you again. And if you did listen to this episode back when it was originally broadcast, then this is a great one to re-listen to, particularly if you're focused on YouTube in 2020. We're bringing back episode 99 of the podcast, which was first broadcast back in June this year, 2019. And my guest in this show was Tim Schmoyer. Now, Tim is an absolute legend in the world of YouTube and helping people grow effective YouTube channels. And this is something that in 2020 is a huge focus for Engage Video Marketing and for me. So if you're not currently following Engage Video Marketing on YouTube, then make sure that you head on over and do that. You can go to engagevideomarketing.com slash YouTube and watch out because in 2020, I'm seriously starting to focus much more on YouTube for my own brand. So if you want to follow along, join me there. But for now, I'm excited to bring you a replay episode of the interview I did with Tim Schmoyer back in episode 99. Here we go. The viewer brings their own story to the content as well. So they come to your video and now you are the guide who shows, who comes along and help, helps them to ultimately get what they wanted. And now their lives are changed as a result. That's the voice of Tim Schmoyer founder of Video Creators and an absolute legend in the world of YouTube strategy. And I'm excited to have Tim join us for this first episode of the YouTube series of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. This is episode 99. Let's go. This is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling, and marketing strategy, as together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. And welcome back to episode 99 of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. I'm Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing, and I'm here to help you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. This is exciting because in this episode today, we're kicking off what is basically going to be a YouTube series. So over the next four or five episodes, we're going to be diving in with some really awesome experts into the world of YouTube for business. So I can't wait to get into this series with you today. However, this is episode 99, which means next week's episode is a little bit out of the ordinary because it is episode 100. And for episode 100, we're going to pause this YouTube series slightly while we dive into celebrating 100 episodes of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast as I bring on some of you guys, some listeners to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. It's going to be a really fun episode next week, so make sure to tune back in and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. However, in today's episode, I can't wait to introduce you to Tim Smoyer. 
Now, Tim Schmoyer is the founder of Video Creators and has been featured by Fox, Forbes, BBC, and even YouTube themselves. He is a hugely qualified YouTube strategist and has helped his clients organically earn over 15 billion views and 61 million subscribers. And through his work, he's continuing to train creators to master YouTube and change lives. Now, in today's episode, I wanted to bring Tim on to talk about YouTube and where the world of YouTube fits for business today. We talk about what the opportunity is that's being untapped by so many businesses when they consider YouTube as a platform. And we dive into how, like the mindsets that people should be thinking about when they approach video on YouTube for their business. We then transition into a really interesting conversation around the power of storytelling in your YouTube video content creation. And I can't wait for you to get into this episode. So without further ado, let's just jump right in. Here is my interview with Tim Schmoyer from Video Creators. Tim Schmoyer, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, it's, it's really good to have you here and I'm looking forward to, to seeing where this conversation goes. Uh, I'm sure that many people listening to this show have probably heard your name before mentioned in various places, um, but there are probably people that haven't heard about you as well who are listening here today. So before we get into some of what we're going to talk about around the world of YouTube today in this episode, I'd love to hear a bit about your story. Can you fill us in on what led you into what you do in the world of YouTube today? Yeah, it started actually a few months after YouTube started. I was in graduate school halfway across the country from my family and I started dating this girl and I wanted a way to introduce her to my family across the country. And so this thing called YouTube had just started. I'm like, oh, I had like an old camera. I was like, I wonder if I could just make little videos of us going out on going out on dates and stuff. So I did that and it worked. I figured out how to get the footage off of the camera, onto my computer, onto YouTube. And then I learned how to edit them with Windows Movie Maker. And we just started posting videos of us going out to eat, going out to the movies, going out to park, you know, just going out and having fun together. And I shared those, emailed those videos with my family back home. And uh, they were only, they were only intended for my family. But then other people started watching these videos, this is 2006, 2007, and I was really confused about what, why were people watching them? What, how were they finding me? <laughs> you know, what was bringing them back? Like, who is this person who keeps commenting on my video? Why are they still here? And, uh, and so I, and it actually made me a little bit nervous because this was MySpace days. If you remember back then, you don't yeah. use your real name on the internet and all the crazy stories we were hearing in the media was like, if anyone on the internet finds you, they'll hunt you down and kill you for some reason. So I was nervous about like, who are these people? Why are they watching? Where are they coming from? And apparently a lot of other people were trying to figure out those same questions, but not for a sense of safety, but for a sense of like, how is this platform working? And and so I always started asking around other people and they're like, we don't know. And then they just kind of got around like, hey, this guy, Tim Schmoyer, is trying to figure it out. Go talk to him if you want to answer those questions. And, uh, and so around that same time, I was a youth and family worker. That was my full-time job. I loved working with students and their families and seeing their lives change and relationships restored and, and all that. And I was working with about 180 families a week, which was great. It was cool. It was fun. But at that time then, like I ended up marrying that lady, like my girlfriend, and we just kind of kept going with our videos and still just primarily sharing them with her parents and my parents and 
siblings because we were all spread out across the country. But around that time, we were reaching about a million people a month with our videos wow. on YouTube. <laughs> and we were hearing stories, like way more stories of like impact and life change coming out of what we were doing with, as a family on YouTube than we were, than I was seeing what we were doing with the 180 families we were working with as a part of my full-time gig. And um, so long story short, I was like, you know what? I would love for other people to have this type of influence, this type of impact. Like I might reach my million people, but what if I could help thousands of other people reach their millions of people and have the same type of impact and life change on these, on their audiences as seems to be happening through what we're doing on YouTube. And so ended up doing, um, in the early days, a lot of YouTube strategy for Disney, Warner brothers, HBO, century 21, eBay, Budweiser, like a lot of big brands. Um, I started doing like I was contracted even by YouTube in the early days to train their employees about how YouTube works. And, uh, and even today, I still do write some curriculum for them occasionally for, for them to use. But uh, yeah, so it kind of just developed over time. And here we are today. I've uh, our there's 10 people on my team. And we have worked with over a thousand creators all the way from big brands all the way down to people who are just getting started trying to figure out the video thing. How does this work on YouTube? And uh, collectively, our, our company has helped our clients earn organically over 14 billion views and 61 million subscribers on YouTube and uh, growing very rapidly, actually. So it's a lot of fun because we're, it's not just about how do we get more views? How do we get more money? It's like, how do we actually use money and views and popularity and influence as a tool rather than a goal. Like how do we use it to reach people and change more lives? And it's a lot of fun. It's very rewarding and satisfying. And uh, so, I, and I married that girl and we somehow managed to have seven kids in eight years. <laughs> so we're very busy family, um, but it's been great and we love them and it's been a lot of fun and to kind of see how YouTube has been a part of our story from the, from the very beginning. So that's kind of yeah. how I got started and brought us to where we are today. Yeah, awesome. Man, and I know that you would have seen a lot of changes in YouTube over the last 14 years or or however long it's been. And, uh, yeah. you know, I think what's changed specifically is is not only how audiences are using it, but also how, how creators are using the platform as well. Um, you know, and I think your own story kind of resonates there that when people first got on YouTube, it was they didn't really even re realize that the rest of the world was potentially watching. So yeah. with that, with that in mind and the idea that, that now it's kind of about how, how can you use YouTube as a tool to reach, re reach a goal, right? It's not about views. It's not about it's money necessarily. It's about goals. And, you know, for me in the work that we do and, and for listeners of this podcast, you know, it's all about kind of business goals using video. And so that's where I'd love to go to now is, what do you think is the opportunity for for businesses now with YouTube as a tool? There's a lot of opportunity. So we can make a whole show just based on this, but yeah. uh, the, the, the Clifton's version is like, uh, we've had a, several clients who are doing great with their website, uh, you know, doing multiple full-time incomes from their website and full team of people all having a lot of success. And when they started doing video on YouTube, a few of them have gotten to the point where they're like, you know what? YouTube is where it's at. 
And they actually, like, cause the webs, the, the YouTube videos were converting so much higher than their website traffic was that they actually sold their blogs and their websites and just kept the YouTube channel and just banked on that and just went in all in on YouTube. And they're like, it's less work for me. Like I can make a video a lot quicker than I can write a 600 word post, you know, and, and there's so much competition in the blogging world and stuff. They're like YouTube, like inverted a lot higher. And so I think there's an opportunity here for us not to just kind of describe how something works or something like with, with words and text. Well, I'm not downplaying that at all because it is a very powerful medium, but there's something you can do with video. Like you can, and a good writer, a good author can do this too. But with video, you can make the viewer actually feel like they're hanging out with you. In, like you in your kitchen cooking this food or on this bus, like experiencing this journey or whatever. Uh, you can, they, they feel like they're hanging out with like a good friend. And you can actually show them what you're doing and demonstrate how the product works or how this thing happens or something. You can make like quote unquote eye contact with, with your viewer. And so there, there was a recent survey done among marketers about what converts better your video videos or your blog posts and 75% of them said that video converts higher for us than our blog posts in most cases. So there's a tremendous opportunity in terms of sales and conversion for businesses using, using video. Uh, another reason is that YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world. <laughs> you know, it's like there's google.com, right? It's just number one. And right behind it is number two is youtube.com. A lot of people are searching YouTube for things much differently than they search for on Google. They're searching for different types of things and in different types of ways. And a lot of people are just bypassing Google. In fact, there's about two, there is 2 billion monthly active logged in users on YouTube every month. These are 2 billion people who have accounts who are actively watching, searching, engaging with content, subscribing to channels, following channels. Like you don't do that on Google, right? So there's a tremendous opportunity because if you're not making videos for YouTube, like you're kind of missing out on the second largest search engine on the, on the planet. Plus, depending on the niche and the topic and things like that, like your YouTube videos can potentially rank a lot better on Google than your like this equivalent blog post. Uh, there's a lot of competition in the text stuff and the text-based stuff. And so um, Google more and more is showing videos at the very top of number well, the first search page on Google showing videos and things like that. So there's a lot of opportunity not only to get discovered, but also to convert higher and tap into an audience that otherwise would have never have found you. So a lot there. So with that in mind, like what would you say to, to businesses who are pushing back against that idea of, of becoming YouTubers, you know, video creators, um, because there is that balance there, right? I mean, you talked about the, the examples of businesses that you've worked with that have gone all in on YouTube and effectively, uh, you know, closed down or shut down their, their core website. Um, there are, of course, the, you know, the flip side to that is traditional businesses that their core business is, you know, maybe it's a professional service or right. maybe selling products or whatever it may be. Maybe it's a mechanic down the road, right? So um, obviously going all in on YouTube is not necessarily the right way for, to go yeah, for them. Yeah, I'm not but, saying burn the ships. Like, the ships. Yeah. like I have my, I have a website, like I didn't abandon mine, you know? Yeah. So uh, I, I don't use it necessarily to rank. It's just kind of a destination people go to when they're ready to make a purchase or sign up for something or whatever. But um yeah, I, I think you, you got to think as, of YouTube just like 
it's a potential tool in your tool belt. Not everyone needs every tool, right? Like I'm a, we just moved to a new house here a few weeks ago and uh, I've probably bought more tools in the past few weeks <laughs> than I have in like maybe almost all my life combined. I don't think it's quite that close, but uh, there's a lot of projects to do. And so I'm finding myself needing tools I never had before. And so I, I need those tools. That's not to say there's something, there's something wrong with the tool before. It's just like now I need it. And so sometimes like video is the exact right tool that you need for the job you're trying to get done. Other times it's like, no, your website actually does better. So I don't, I don't think that everyone needs to be doing video. And if you're not doing video, you're going to be behind and your business is going to crumple up and die like an old dirty newspaper. Like I'm not saying that. It's just like, you know, if, if video serves your goals and your purposes well, and then use it, but you don't go up on your roof with a drive nails with a rake and you don't try to clean your lawn with a hammer, right? It doesn't mean there's something wrong with either of those tools. You're just not using them the way they're intended to be used and they're just not effective. Same is true with your website or your videos or anything like that. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about how YouTube should be used as a tool then for, for the purpose of business. And if you think about, uh, you know, the different video platforms that probably dominate social media and, you know, online platforms, well, basically every social media platform is a video platform, but there are distinct differences. So, you know, the tool of YouTube, how should we be using that? Like what's the approach that businesses should take to creating content for YouTube? Oh man. Um, so if I was in a consultation, like a one-on-one -on -one session with someone and they asked me that question, I would, I would want to spend time just like, well, what are your goals? What yeah. are you trying to accomplish with YouTube? Why do you, why are you using this tool? And, and really try to figure out what their, their desires and goals and outcomes are for it. And then how we're going to track and measure that because, uh, there's not one right way to use YouTube. I mean, there's, there's, uh, musicians use it very differently than Hollywood stars, which use it very differently than homegrown YouTube stars who use it very differently than, than someone who's just trying to like raise awareness for something or someone who's like primarily trying to sell product or, um, someone else who just wants to like, um, land a book deal versus someone else who wants to land that dream job. Like it really depends on how you what your goals are and how you're using it. So I know that feels like I just totally skirted your answer, which I kind of, your question was, I kind of did, yes. <laughs> but there's like, uh, it really depends. Um, so there's like one of those examples you want to dig into. We could do that, but yeah, the, 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 the tactics and strategies should follow the goals. Uh, what it's all, it's not uncommon to hear people say like, Oh, here's how you use YouTube. What they're really saying is, this is how I've observed other people using YouTube or this is how we've used YouTube and found success. But my team and I, we've worked with over a thousand creators all the way from top 50 fortune, fortune 50 brands, all the way down to people like small business owners and creators who are just getting started. And there's, there's definitely not a one size fits all strategy. Uh, it's like, what are your goals? What are, how are we going to measure whether or not they're effective? And then we kind of reverse engineer like, well, okay, well, that's where we got to get people to. Then let's work backwards from that point and figure out how we're going to craft a strategy that gets people there. So there, there are some generic principles that maybe we could talk about if you want to, but I think I'm just kind of not answering your question very directly. Yeah. Sorry. No, I mean, look, Tim, you answered the question 
in exactly the right way as far as I'm, okay, I'm yeah. concerned because everything that I say around video strategy always starts with audience and goals before we even talk about platform and that's, right. and yeah. that's the way it should be. So, you know, yeah. good, good answer, not skirting yeah, the question. Yeah, so people are like, how should I use YouTube? And I'm like, well, here's how you do it. And they're like, okay, but I'm going after two-year-olds. I'm like, oh, okay, well, never mind. Let me go do it this way, right? Like it's, it yeah. all depends. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I guess we to just steer this towards some specifics though, let's talk about the idea of engaging people on YouTube because we've talked about it before on this podcast around, you know, some of those key algorithm uh, things that YouTube pay attention to around watch time and, you know, platform time on platform and things like that. We, we don't need to go into the optimization stuff today, but knowing that getting people engaged with your content so that they don't only click play, but they actually watch your videos for ideally 100% of the duration of those videos. Can you share with us some specific tactics around how people can work to create more engaging content that keeps people watching? Yeah, I love this question. So there's two levels to this. There's on one level, um, in terms of discoverability and finding an audience and engaging an audience and growing the channel, there's um, the content itself that we can control, which is like the actual, what's in the actual video file we're uploading in terms of the content that we've created and produced. That's like, it's like a really big part of it. I don't know what percentage of it, but it's like, let's just say that's like 80% of it is like what's in that actual video. Then there's another 20% that's probably around the metadata you supply, which would be the title, the description, and the tags. Most of the heavy lifting being done by the title and the thumbnail, actually. So that'd be like the other 20% of this. So uh, a lot of people focus on the metadata aspect of like doing keyword research and things like that, which isn't necessarily bad, but it's just kind of like, like it's important, I think, to understand what YouTube's goals are and then craft content that helps YouTube with their goals. And if you craft content that helps them with their goals and they're just going to like promote you all day long. And there are three main goals are we want to know what videos bring people back to YouTube. And like that's measured in session starts. You can look at your analytics and measure that by um, usually looking at the homepage under your traffic sources and just seeing like, how does YouTube promote our videos to the homepage? Like, like when people come back to youtube.com ready to start some watching videos, are our videos the first ones in front of them? And one of the main things you can do to influence that is just simply to tell people when they come back to watch your videos by having a posting schedule and just say like, Hey, every Tuesday we publish a new video. And so people like Google starts learning like, Hey, when Bob comes back to YouTube on Tuesdays, he's looking for this person's new video. Let's just put it right in front of them. The second thing they're looking for is like, well, what videos do people actually watch when they're here? And that's measured in watch time, which is how long does someone spend watching your video? And that is which was something we'll discuss here in a second. And then third uh, is like, how, how, which videos here keep people watching YouTube longer? So if we surface video A, they stay on YouTube for 30 minutes. If we surface video B, they stay on YouTube for another hour and a half. Well, video B is going to be the more valuable video, hands down, because YouTube wants pe people seeing as many new videos as possible, engaging with as many new creators as possible, and ultimately seeing as many ads as possible, right? And so, and we can influence that by making sure we're crafting content that gets people to the end of our videos, and then 
very intentionally using those end screens to get people to click and watch another video, getting them into playlists to watch multiple videos, interactive cards, things like that. Um, and kind of like parenthetically here, that is one reason why if the goal of every single video is to get people off of YouTube and onto your website to buy something, you're, it's kind of like shooting yourself in the foot because if your videos are actually effective at doing that, those videos will no longer be discoverable in the long run because Google wants to keep people on YouTube longer. And so there is ways, maybe we'll get into that about how to grow your website and your channel at the same time with, with video. But, um, but those are YouTube's three primary primary goals. And so um, we can influence some of that with, um, with titles and thumbnails and, and uh, cause that sets an expectation for the viewer, but the content itself, like the human element, like do people actually watch this? Do they actually enjoy what they're seeing? Do they click and then quickly leave or do they click and stick around and watch and watch more and more and more. And the more that happens, the more Google deems that video to be a valuable video that should be surfaced to more people. And so we could spend a lot of time talking about metadata and titles and, and thumbnails are actually very critical because no one's going to click and watch your video if the title and thumbnail is lame, right? So yep. uh, that is really important. But the content itself and like how do you hook someone's attention and hold their attention is really, really important. So a lot of people are like, Hey, on YouTube, your videos shouldn't be longer than two minutes or any longer than 10 minutes, or I found the perfect spot is 12 minutes or whatever. And none of that's true. Really, all they're saying is I've identified that I can hold someone's attention for two minutes or someone's yes. like, I've learned that I can hold someone's attention for seven minutes. So it really depends on how well you can hold, hold someone's attention more so than like how long is the, should the video be? Like what's ideal length? That's, that's not really the key. So um, there's a few things we could probably get into about like, how do we hold people's, people's attention longer, but that all makes yeah. sense. Kind of what yeah, I'm saying. Absolutely. Then? And I think that attention idea comes down to intention as well. Intention of the person watching the video, right? So for example, like if my intention going to YouTube was to learn how to, um, I don't know how to create an omelet and, you know, how to make an omelet, then I probably don't want to watch a 15 minute video on how to make an omelet. Right. Because it doesn't take 15 minutes. Um, I probably want to watch something that's one minute long so that I can get cooking. Right. So my intention there is, is going to determine the attention that I have on that video and therefore, you know, how long that video should be. Right. But then I think that there's, and what I would like to get into with you is some specifics around, you know, how people can actually craft that content and, and use, you know, tools like storytelling and, and ways to kind of move people through to the end and keep them holding on to the end so long as the, the attention aligns with the relevance of the topic, right? Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, story is so important, even for educational channels. Like a lot of business channels are teaching people how to do something. They're doing some sort of educational value. But the story elements make a big difference. I did an experiment. Look, I'm going to tell a story now, see? Yeah. <laughs> I did an experiment uh, was like last, no, about a year and a half ago, two years ago now. And what I did is I interviewed nine different people and I shot two videos with each of them. And one video was the, tell me the story about how you accomplished a certain goal, overcame a certain obstacle, you know, something like about a certain thing. 
And, and I did another, and then I just shot a second video with them, same location, same everything, just right after that, saying, um, like, it was a bullet point version, like, three ways to overcome this obstacle or achieve this goal. And so it was pretty much the exact same content. The bullet pointed version was about typically half the length of the story based version. But uh, in out of the nine ex- videos we did this with, and I published both videos at the exact same time, side by side, so um, the see which one performed better. And the, the story video typically got at least twice the views, but usually it was like 10x the views. Uh, it got a lot more watch time, quadruple the engagement, you know? They just performed really, really good all the way around, unless I there were some key elements that were missing from the story, which I can get into those here in a second. But what I learned was like, people would rather spend 10 minutes listening to a story about how someone overcame something or, or achieved some sort of obstacle, then they would like, just give me the bullet points, the dry, hard data. And that's it. Like divorce from any kind of emotion. Right? Yeah. And those videos didn't perform as well, unless the story, like was, like I said, was missing some elements and it wasn't all there. Then in that case, those videos performed terribly and it would have been better for me just to stick to the bullet points and, uh, and those, those perform better. So the elements that we're looking for, there's seven of them that kind of break it down. And these are basically like, these are seven questions that we encourage our clients to think through before they shoot every, before they shoot every video in terms of how do we craft it. And these seven questions walk you through a basic three act structure, which is like a storytelling structure that like every time Hollywood tells us someone makes a million dollars, it just works. <laughs> you know, it's very predictable. And um, so, so the seven questions are, First, number one in the video, you need to very quickly establish for the viewer, who is the character? And that's usually pretty simple to do because it's like whoever's talking or whoever's like there in front of the camera or whoever's, you know, like you just got to quickly establish who is the character. And number two, what do they want? And when you watch like a story on television or a movie or something, it's, it's not, it's, it's pretty common for the main character to just flat out state exactly what they want. They're just like, I just wanted to get that shot or I just want that girl to like look at me or I just want that guy to die or whatever it is. Like they just stay. And then the rest of the story now revolves around the next, that question, does this character get what they want? Yes or no. And that tension is what holds us through the rest of the story. So then number three, um, there's always obstacles. It's like, why can't they have what they want? So who's the character? Number one, number two, what do they want? Number three, why can't they have what they want? And, and then there's just simple things that are blocking their way that is preventing them from, from getting that girl or getting noticed or having that guy dead or, you know, that's morbid. I'm not sure why I went there, but um, something like that. Number four, the question is what's at stake? Like what's it going to cost them if they don't get what they want? And then number five is who or what comes along and helps them do what they couldn't do before. Like who's the guy, the, the Gandalf or the Obi-Wan Kenobi or whoever. And then six, how do they ultimately get what they wanted? And then number seven, how are they changed as a result? The point of any good story that people actually love, like if you just kind of like, hey, they got what they wanted, people will applaud. That'll be like, oh, that was a nice story. But the difference between a story that people like and a story people love is character transformation, which is how is this person different now at the end of this story 
due to all the conflict and all the obstacles they had to face, how are they different now than they were at the beginning of the story? And that's what makes, makes it for a video that, a story that people really like. And so when I was doing this, teaching people, like trying to get people, how did you overcome this or reach the goal and trying to teach people like writing their story, usually when the videos that performed really bad, the main question that was missing is what's at stake. Like, yeah. it was like, okay, you want that. That's nice. But they didn't really understand like, well, if you don't get it, no big deal. Right. Like uh, there wasn't anything holding their attention because it was just kind of like, Oh, whatever, you know, like, so they want that thing, me and a million other people, whatever. Uh, so it's important that we had to establish what's at stake. So in sales and marketing, we often call this like the pain points, like what would happen if your video marketing doesn't work out? What happens if you do post a video to YouTube and you spend um, $500 producing this, this video and it gets two views, one from you, one from your mom. Then what? Like what's at stake if this happens? And, and so in those two videos, we didn't set at all like the stakes. And so people didn't care. There was no empathy. They weren't rooting for the hero of the story. And so they just kind of stopped watching. So... Yeah. Um, telling a story is really powerful because it not only engages, like helps us learn something, but it also engages our heart and our emotions in a way that just giving people raw data just doesn't do. And one of the best ways to grow your YouTube channel isn't just to give good information, but it's to get people to be like, you know what? Like I learned something here, but I actually kind of like hanging out with Ben. Like, you know, this isn't like, yeah, I learned about video marketing and stuff, you know, but Ben seems like a cool guy. I feel like I could hang out with him. And so they come back and listen to your show versus, you know, someone else's because of the human element, the human connection that the stories create. So that's a very brief overview of that. Yeah, but, but I, don't, <laughs> yeah. I, th I think that's so, so powerful. And I think that, that framework, that age-old storytelling framework, no matter kind of what the framework actually is, is can be applied in so many different ways with intention. You know, like you think about... Um, other types of video which maybe aren't necessarily suited to YouTube, uh, you know, those kind of BuzzFeed tasty style videos where they're, you know, cooking something amazing, uh, some kind of random cake creation, they're still, they're still engaging people through this, this idea of storytelling, right? So mm -hmm. like kind of tying it into what you were saying there of, you know, they're, they're kind of creating what's at stake by that opening shot that shows the final outcome. And, and then you go on this journey of seeing like, how are they actually going to get to that outcome of that, of creating that thing that looks like that. Right. And yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's when you, when you intentionally think about the story structure in videos like that, that really don't seem like storytelling videos, we can see the power of just um, applying that to any type of video, which is, which is yeah. really powerful. Well, there's another layer to it, which you hinted at, which is like the viewer brings their own story to the content as well. So they are a character who wants something and there's something they can't have what they want. And there's something at stake. It's going to cost them something if they don't get it. So they come to your video and now you are the guide who, shows, who comes along and helps them do what they couldn't do before. It helps them to ultimately get what they wanted and now their lives are changed as a result. And so understanding like that we're telling this story in each video, but also really understanding our viewer's story 
And, and I don't just mean like demographics in terms of like income level and gender and location and stuff like the demographics stuff. I mean, like actually knowing what they're feeling and thinking and the problems they face and the things they're trying to overcome and the things that are holding them back and knowing their story really helps us then craft better videos that connect with that person. When they click play and watch that video, they're going to, they're going to be far more likely to feel like, Oh, like, this is awesome. This is exactly what I needed. Like, where have you been my whole life? Like subscribe. I'm watching every video from you and you'll gain a lot more momentum on your channel when your content connects exactly with your viewer's story by telling a good story. Right. So it's yeah. kind of two dimensions there, but it's really, really powerful. Yeah. I think that's, that's so important. Recognizing that often you are not the hero of your story. Um, particularly, when it's a brand story, you know, the ultimately what you want to do is to reach people who are going to buy from you um, for the purpose of business. And you know, basically they need to be the hero of your story and you come alongside them as, as the guide and, and telling stories that are framed around that is, is critical. We do a lot of um, brand storytelling here in my video agency. And one of the things that we often uh, you know, come across that, that businesses aren't really doing well is what you talked about before of getting, getting that plot in there. So plot is basically hinges from what's at stake, you know, the yeah. overcoming that, that monster or overcoming that barrier to achieving that, that outcome. And without plot, a story is just simply boring. And I know we've all seen so many uh, stories or they're framed as stories or videos from brands that are just, meh you know just eh, that was boring um yeah, and that's like, often what's missing that? <laughs> yeah exactly and it's just so simple to just start to think about what's at stake here and how can you inject that in there so, so thanks for sharing that framework i think that's really clear yeah, yeah. and and um helpful for people watching as well so when you think about um using a storytelling frame within the content you're creating on YouTube, would you recommend that people are basically looking to tell stories in every single video or is there a time and a place or how do you balance that? Yeah. Um, this is some, this is an area where I'm still learning to be honest. Like, uh, so I'll tell you where I'm at right now, but it might change in like a few months. Uh, where I'm, where I'm at right now is that I think stories fit into pretty much any piece of content. But not in the sense like where the entire thing is like a featured film or something. It's more like you either understand your audience's story. And so you open up that content, that video with a really strong hook, which really all you're doing is telling the audience their story back to them. It's like, hey, maybe you're like me and you were trying to grow your YouTube channel because you wanted to grow your business. But no matter what you tried, you just like no one was watching. Then you couldn't figure out how to get the footage off the camera. Then once you did, it was corrupted. And then you got it on your computer. You don't know how to edit it now. And even if you do know how to edit, like you don't know what to put in it. Like, like here's a character who wants something, overcoming obstacles. And so when the audience hears that, they're like, oh yeah, that's me. Yes, me too. Like they're identifying with that story. Like, yes, you understand where I'm coming from. And so even just opening with like a hook like that, you can do the, go through those entire, like all seven of those questions in, in like 30 seconds, 10 seconds even really. So it's not like, like the whole content needs to be that same, like all seven questions. It could be like, you're like the, it's just, um, straight up like how to pronounce the word like a certain word in english you're like oh my gosh like what do i what's the story here 
And well, the story actually just did that consultation earlier today with a, an English um, educational channel. She's like, what is the story? I'm like, well, the story is what's at stake for your viewer if they don't learn how to speak this word? Oh, well, they feel dumb or they're less likely to talk to people. Um, you know, these English second language people, they don't feel like they belong in their community because they can't talk to people. They're lonely because they don't make friends because they feel embarrassed and they talk so people can't understand them. Like there's a lot at stake uh, emotionally. And so it's like, okay, well, let's open up the video talking about that story. Like, you know, like this is a really important word because a lot of business professionals use it. And if you don't say this word correctly, that people can understand you, like it's hard sometimes to advance your career. Let's make sure that doesn't happen to you. Right. So you're setting the stakes of like what the person wants, what they can't have, the obstacles they're facing. And then the rest of the content is here's how you're like, we're the guide. Here's how you're going to overcome that. So it's not necessarily that every video needs to be like this big masterful Hollywood type of story. It's just like, how do we just connect with the audience in terms of what they actually want? Rather, like, what's the reward or the benefit they're going to get when they learn how to solve this? And just keeping that in front of them. Uh, so you can tell this whole story in like 15 seconds, or you could take 20 minutes. It really doesn't matter. It's just kind of like, or you could do it three times with three different examples in the story too, in, in the video too. So it just kind of depends. So yeah, and like in in that example there of the pronunciation of an English word, um, you know, I think you can you can tell that story very subtly, but still very deliberately, you know, it it may not be actually opening with a story, for example, but simply opening with pronouncing the word and then using that word in a sentence in context, but making the context of that sentence really resonate with the audience of that, of that Mm -hmm. video where they recognize the importance of pronouncing that word properly. Right. So I can't think of in a specific example, but just by saying that word in context, then they're like, Oh, I really need to know how to say that because that's the context in which I would use it. And I mean, that is telling a story, but the story is being told in the, in the viewer's head, right. They're telling it to themselves, but you're creating that story for them. So, yeah, I mean, I, I probably feel very similar to you that, that this, the idea of storytelling and the concepts of storytelling in various forms, and it doesn't need to be the exact framework that you've kind of shared there in that exact order because you think about Hollywood filmmaking as well, like stories can be told in different ways. Sometimes the story starts right in the middle of the action in a Hollywood film, you know, rather than establishing the character, you know, in their in their normal world first. And there's different ways to tell a story, but they all have the same core elements, which I think can feature in any video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how, how you use it? I mean, I don't, in terms of like you cram this in every single video, mm, probably not, but like it probably fits more often than you think it does based yeah. on, on how you just craft it. You know, so just keep it in mind, whether it's a quick story in the beginning or a quick story to make a point. I have learned this and I've seen this very clear in my data that if I, make a point and then tell a story that illustrates it, my audience retention drops a lot faster than if I tell a story that leads into the point I'm trying to make. Then my audience retention is a lot flatter, which means like people are watching, it holds their attention much better. So if I make the, tell like point number one is blah, 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 blah. For example, and I go into that, people are like, I get exactly what you're saying here and they're out. But if I like, let me tell you like, this happened to me, tell you the story. And then what I learned by that is, and then I tell that, make the point, people are like, oh, I get it. And it holds our attention much better. So I try to lead with story 
into a point rather than making a point and illustrating the story now. It makes a big difference. Yeah. I mean, that's so important. Like it's their power of story because it's intrinsically emotional and people, whether they recognize it or accept it or not, are emotional first people. We kind of start with the heart and then it moves to the brain after. So, um, and that's the way we need to engage with people. And so I think that's, um, that's really good and, and probably a good place to wrap up here today. I think we've, you've shared heaps of value with, with uh, the show here today and I really appreciate you jumping on here and, and, uh, and sharing a bit of your insight into YouTube. I think we could probably go for another couple of hours talking about all sorts of different things, but uh, we won't do that today. Okay, so, yeah. so, Tim, um, where can people find out more about you and obviously listen to your podcast as well? So do you yeah. want to shout out a few, few links for us? Yeah, I have a podcast. You can search iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Just search for video creators or my name, Tim Schmoyer. Either one of those should work. And we have a new episode every Tuesday just teaching people how do you master this YouTube platform? How do you grow your audience, grow your business, reach people and change their lives with the messages that we're spreading with the video. So we dive deep into this every single week and we'd love to have you join us and uh, see you guys there. Yeah, an awesome show. Uh, I recommend everyone listen as well. And we'll have the links to everything Tim's got going on, including his Video Creators podcast on the show notes page at engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 99. Yes, next week is episode 100. Wow, where did that time go? Hey, Tim, wow. thanks very yeah. much for joining us, man. It's been fun. And uh, I look forward to, uh, to continuing to listen to your show and uh, to following what you're up to. Yeah, thanks, man. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. All right, big thanks to Tim for joining me on the show once again. So what did you think of that episode? Let me know. Are you looking forward to this YouTube series? What do you want to know about YouTube? Hit me up on any of those social channels or at engage underscore Ben on Instagram or Twitter and let me know. Let's start a conversation. Now, if you haven't yet left a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts for this episode or for this podcast, even I would love for you to do that. If you've been listening for a while, or even if this was your first episode, if you've got value from this show, I'd love for you to share your feedback with me through that rating and a review. It means a lot to me. So head to engagevideomarketing.com slash iTunes, which will link you straight there. I appreciate you in advance. Now this is episode 99. So come back and join us next Tuesday as we release episode 100 of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast and celebrate where this podcast has come from and where it's going next as I bring on interviews with four of you guys, the listeners to the show. And all of these interviews are they're really interesting. Um, there's some four different people with different backgrounds and different worlds of video in which they play in and I'm really excited to share these stories with you next week so so be sure to tune back in next Tuesday for episode 100 and until then bye for now hey Ben here I just want to take a moment to help you out with something If you, like many of the Engage Video Marketing podcast listeners, are looking for ways to do video for your business better, then keep listening. I've put together a free Foundations video course designed to help you better understand the fundamentals of effective online video strategy for your brand or business. The three-part video series will step you through the roadmap to ensuring you know what videos to make and why, 
so you can get started the right way with video for your business. To jump in right now for free, head on over to engagevideomarketing.com foundations. I can't wait to see you there.